Hello, universe. Welcome to the GNHL Hour. Tonight, we have a very unusual Irishman, Keith Fox. How's it going, Keith? Hello there, brother. How's it going? I'm all good. I'm How good as well, man. Yeah, What's all up, good. Keith? Thank you for coming on the show. Well, you know, I know we're friends for a while. I know I didn't know about your story, but I've like hearing your podcast that you shared with me about your experience with Buddhism, your life story in general, everything related to it fascinates the shit out of me. But the first thing I want to ask you, what is your relationship with death? What do you like consider death is like? Ooh, going deep. Ooh, straight <laughs> for the children. Yeah. Yes. Nothing changes, nothing changes. Yeah. No, but, uh, you know I'm aggressive. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a good question. Hey guys, I'm Keith. I need to just say that. That's just like, I'm in the moment. You know, uh, what's my definition of concept of death? Well, in my life, I've experienced a lot of death. Yep. Experience physical death, emotional death, mm. death of relationships, family members, my son. Mm. So a lot of suffering. I yes. contribute to that. A lot of pain, mm. a lot of growth, and a lot of liberation, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'll explain why. You know, uh, I'm Christian born, mm -hmm. so I was baptized. I used to go to church, I used to get holy bread and confirmation and communion and all the spiritual things that go with Christianity. Yep. Yep. I was grown up in an environment where my father went to church on a Sunday to an Irish speaking church, but he didn't speak Irish. And I always mm. found that so weird. <laughs> and I don't know why, but I believe probably his, that was his solace where he was able to go in for that hour and sit with God of his understanding or his connection with spirituality. And I never got to ask him that question because he passed away because of his demons. So when he died, we didn't get an opportunity to grieve his death because mm -hmm. I was lost in my own suffering. And uh, I never got to experience that moment of passing, being there, being aware. And then my son died a couple of years after and the same thing. I was in a different place mm. and I felt lost in grief in that moment. Mm. And then about four years ago, my mother died in my arms and I felt liberation. I felt happiness. Mm. I felt not abandonment. I felt spiritually connected that she was going to something better and she was finished with her suffering. Mm -hmm. Now, how mm. I found all these different aspects of what it means to me was going through a process of learning spirituality, know what I was taught in the Bible, know what I was taught by Christian brothers in school, not by a church or by a priest, but going internally through my own journey mm -hmm. of finding what spirituality is to me. Mm. You know, uh, before my mum died, she would have been very sick with uh, kidney failure, diabetes, mm -hmm. and she had two strokes. So I ended up having a leap of faith, a friend of mine asked me, would I like to go to Thailand and become a Buddhist monk, ordain and live in a monastery, mm -hmm. and take a uh, refuge. And I uh, didn't know what I was doing. 
but I had faith in it and I ended up getting on the plane going halfway across the world stripping myself of all my material things mm-hmm. and stepping into the role of being vulnerable you know mm-hmm. I was full of fear the day I went into the monastery it was my father's anniversary Wow! and uh, I remember that day yeah that day I'm in a tuk-tuk going to the monastery mm-hmm. and the mountains is in the distance and there's mist coming over the mountains and that was a spiritual moment where I knew I was being guided. And I've had them loads of times through my life, but I never had substance in what they were at that time. I never seen them. I never seen the truth in that moment. Because hindsight always gives great information down the line. Not at that moment, you know. And, and I remember being in the monastery and experiencing things that... I never thought I'd experience, you know, feelings I never thought I felt, mm-hmm. emotions I never seen before, you know. Uh, so when I came back into the mainstream of normal life and back to reality, life yeah. was a different vessel. Yeah. My glasses, I was seeing through a new set of lenses. And what I was saying to you earlier, just before the podcast, mm-hmm. the environment that we encumbrance uh, around each other, Mm-hmm. Whether it's the, the community, whatever community, whatever friendships, whatever walking conditions, whatever social conditions that we condition ourselves around, it has a ripple effect of the essence of what we are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and today, or you understand different mechanical groups of what they are, mm-hmm. you know, and I believe that we're in an environment today with this COVID thing that. The material aspect is being taken away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All that choice is being taken away. And we have to revert back to what we, we were meant to be mm-hmm. as human beings, connecting to other people, to family, to community, phoning people, checking in on people. You know, a lot of people is doing so. There's a lot of suffering in the world today, a lot mm-hmm. of fear. Yeah. So when you ask about that, that comes to everyone. Oops. Yeah. The, the, in Buddhism, at the beginning, it, there's four noble truths. The four mm-hmm. noble truths are suffering, the cause of suffering, the end of suffering, and how to get to the end of suffering. And there's different names. Samsara is the first one. And when we're born, we suffer. Yeah. We yeah. come out of the womb, we cry. Yeah. We're looking for unconditional love. We're chasing that suffering straight away. Yeah. As we grow older, we go into a material suffering of other people, of things. I want you to love me so I can love you. Yeah. And we put that attachment onto things. Mm-hmm. Then as we get older, we're aging. So we start suffering and we're, we're getting older. And then we're suffering when we die. Yeah. We don't want to die. We want to take more medication. We want IV drips. We want a new kidney. We want a new heart. And it's all fear-based. Yeah. So we're constantly in life living in fear. If that yeah. makes sense. That's my perception of what it is, you know? It makes absolutely sense. Um, one question, though, Kip. Sorry to cut you off. No, but where yeah, did you yeah, travel to? What were, what, what were this monastery was? Uh, Tampa Buck in uh, Thailand. Oh, in Thailand. In Thailand, yes. Yeah, nice. So, uh, yeah, yeah. How often is it experienced by like living in Ireland and going to a really like completely <laughs> opposite place? Okay, so uh, 
from coming from waking up in the morning and having the choice of what food you're going to eat, what TV you're going to watch, what pair of sneakers you're going to wear, what person you were going to ring, yeah. what place you wanted to walk or go to, what movie you wanted to see. That wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. You woke up in the morning at 6 a.m., you got up, you did meditation and prayer, mm. you ate for one hour, you went walking meditation all day, mm. prayer and meditation that night, you, hadn't, you can't eat till the next day, so you're on a 24-hour fast. And this is every day, every day, every day. And you're getting up and sometimes in the night and you're looking at monsoons and then you're, like you're living in a jungle. Like you have to be aware of the snakes, the spiders that will cut the arms off you, poison you, you know, mosquitoes that want to eat you, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, li- you're living on the floor because you ain't got a mattress and a bed. Mm. But you know what you've got? You've got a chance to really find out what your true essence of a person exactly. is. Mm. When you strip away all the external and the material, you're only left with yourself. And the meditation and that, that suffering was a liberation, you know, for me. Because mm-hmm. it showed me like that we had so many masks in the norm of who we was. Mm. And, and, and I was blessed to do that, you know. And the funny thing, I went there two weeks before my mum is in hospital after having two strokes. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in the bed talking to her and I'm saying to her, Mum, I'm going to go to Thailand. I'm going to become a Buddhist monk and you are going to get better. And she just rolled her eyes as in the <laughs> He's off on another mission. And the reality was, I went with no intention of doing anything other than the intention of what I just said. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to Thailand to mess around. I didn't go for a party scene. I didn't go for anything else. I went yeah. for, I was on a spiritual mission, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And what happened by being, me being there and being accountable for my actions. So I took, uh, when you go to the monastery, you have to take satchets. And satchets is oats. And you, if you break them, you have to light annoying incense sticks to the, the abbot and to Lampo Yoi, who was the head monk there that opened this monastery back mm-hmm. in the early 50s All right. or 60s. And the thing about it was, I knew the more I tried, the harder I was, it was to stay in that moment, the more rewards was going to come back in karma. Yeah. So I started learning about cause yeah, and yeah, effect. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I, yeah, I started seeing the manifestations not there in that moment because everything was still a blur waking yeah. up talking to majority 99% of people didn't speak English <laughs> I was like what do we do and I couldn't even ask what do we do so it was like they're doing that I'm doing that they're washing them I'm washing them they're sweeping I'm sweeping yeah. and that's you know and even in that context there's a hierarchy there's a hierarchy in everything in life Okay. Yep. And that's there's a hierarchy in Buddhism of the monks. It's like a, a, the older, the wiser, which is true. There's masters of martial arts, grandmasters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there's there's teachers, there's scholars, and there's philosophers. So there's always been a hierarchy. Yeah. Now, in Buddhism, the hierarchy is not an egotistic. All We're right. all still sitting in the same level 
we're eating the same food and we're doing the same flow of energy of meditation of of walk in the in the monastery we're all on the same page mm-hmm. even though we didn't speak the page we were still flowing with that energy mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and but there used to be this girl uh ajan tong's grand, uh, uh, uh niece she was down syndrome and he built this lake man-made lake unbelievable mm-hmm. his hands this man built the monastery still do, still there all all, all hand carved stuff that you'd see in the museum like he it's you can Crazy. view them and you can see the work of arts that this man has done. But he he built this house for her and he lived there with her and he took care of her and he built this swing and I used to go over every day and swing her, push her on the swing. And I never communicated because she was toying, she was down syndrome. Mm. And we used to just communicate through. Yes, you did communicate through language, but you did communicate with another stuff, right? Yeah, so spiritually, uh, uh, spiritually on, on, on an energy level. And yes. every day I'm doing this. And the last day in the monastery, we were having our last meal. And she came by 500 monks at least in, in, the, in the hall where we were all yeah. eating breakfast. Mm. Came down to me and my friend and just bowed down in front of me and started crying. Wow. And that was, I was just there and he, and it was just a moment that we were on a connecting through my journey of being there, one human touching another through empathy, love, compassion, with no attachment. That's powerful as fuck. Yes. That's super powerful. So when I left the monastery yeah. to come home to mainstream Ireland, yeah. I was coming back into a different environment with a different set of tools. Yeah. Mm. So what I went over as, I, before that I was studying to be a massage therapist for my ego. Mm-hmm. Mm. I walked out of college and went to the monastery over in Thailand, came home and then became a yogi. Yeah. So like what you said, you came to Ireland for the party scene and socialising from Brazil because that wasn't, yeah. and now you're in England and you're doing the opposite of what you thought you were going to do. Yeah. I'm still doing the opposite all the time. I'm still... I'm still being shaked in the trees of my roots. Yeah. My leaves are always changing. I'm like, wow, I'm doing this now. <laughs> it's, that's, one of, that's one of the things that I'm like curious about most of the time. We assume things about ourselves, about other people. Oh, yeah. we should do this, we should do that. I'm this type of person, so I need to do like this type of work. Or like you do some tests online, those weird tests that tell you, like, oh, you're this type of person. <laughs> based on the color that you like. So you should but, do this. It's always the, the box kind of thing. But yeah, you but find the, yourself the, in different spaces. And I've heard in, in uh, Buddhist philosophy and Buddhist beliefs that the box that were, were, were caged in, because we are caged in a box of mm. other people's values. Who says blue is blue? Who named coffee? Who mm. said we should wear and be a certain way? But yet we follow the mainstream of what we're told. Yeah. And then when we question of stepping outside the box and being liberated, because liberated is stepping outside of something that you're comfortable in. Mm-hmm. That's not comfortable anymore. Yeah. So, you know, when you look back in, you go, why was I with them gang of people that I never really liked when I look now? Uh, and they don't mm-hmm. characterize the same characteristics as what I am. Yes. Why did I- or that relationship why did I stay in that for so long when I knew it wasn't right for me 
all right for that person because it's always two-way traffic. It's yeah. not always, you're not always right, I'm not always right. Yeah, of course. You know, why did I stay in that job for so long and resent them for that and, and come home and take around my family and my siblings because yeah. I didn't have the courage to step away? And yeah. that's the thing, why, why you're saying, I can understand that, yeah? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so for me, I've always been a liberated spirit. You know, so when I came back from Thailand, I started mm-hmm. taking up Kempo Karate. All right. I was, see, I went into this gym, I was on the, on the Lewis and I met this man and he was my fa- a friend of my father. Mm-hmm. went to school with him and uh, he was a grandmaster. So he was a 10th degree black belt in Kempo Karate. Mm-hmm. And he says to me, why don't you come down to the club? And oh, I was on a spiritual journey already, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. Okay. And so we went, I went down to the club first night there, seeing these men doing stuff that I seen in Bruce Lee movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, it, it was it, my phone. This is a true story. My phone fell into the phone into the pocket of yeah. the bag of one of the guys. And after the class, I dressed myself and couldn't find my phone. And I was that scared. Yeah. I walked out of the gym without asking for the phone. And it was. I went to bought a new phone, but I went back to the gym a couple of nights after and uh, I said it to the guys and, and, and they told me a lovely thing, Barney. He, he said to, I said to, I said to him, how do we learn this? He says, you just turn up and he says, how will I know him learn? He says, because the next person that comes in the door, you'll see how fragile they are and you'll be able to nurture them. Yeah. So we became a teacher of being taught and it's mm. been the same with the Buddhism and the meditation and all. Great, man. So, Going to yoga classes, the same thing. I was going to yoga classes at the same time and I ended up becoming a, a caretaker, washing floors, making soup, and then I became a teacher there. So I know what humility is. Wow. Yeah. You know, I know what the foundation of things is. I know what the roots of something is because you can't build a strong house without a strong exactly. foundation. Exactly. So. I know when I put things in at the beginning of stuff, it's going to stand tenfold. And it's like the jiu-jitsu as well. Like I'm maybe up the black belt already, you know. <laughs> You're the black uh, belt already. <laughs> no, 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 not on paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, not on paper yet, but it will happen soon. Yeah, I'm but it, sure. you know what? It's not a belt that it'll happen when it happens. It's a belt that you want you, and that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Spirituality gives me the ability to turn up on the bad days and the good days. Doesn't matter what happens. My practice, look, I had two great practices today. Nice meditation, but doing pranayama and doing yoga breath, or doing bath, loads of different things mm-hmm. to be spirit in these times. Because when we come out of it, what have we got to give to the essence of what's going to be suffering? Because a lot of people will suffer when this epidemic finishes. Yeah. Because everything ends. Yeah. Everything begins, everything has a noise span and everything ends. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the younger people, a lot of like families, a lot of kids are going to be mentally disturbed. And mm-hmm. I believe the true essence of how we can stay grounded and, you know, that's transformed the mind. It's true. It's true yoga. It's true meditation. It's true communication. It's mm-hmm. true affirmation. It's creative and stuff. Like what you are doing with this, yeah. music, poetry, I do all that kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. know, I'm always trying to stimulate my mind. 
because my mind is the fucking the one that takes the power of you're not good enough you can't do this yeah yeah and that's the sabotage yeah you know? well self-sabotage is one thing that really impacts everyone's life yeah. Yeah. literally to to try to get away from it it's so hard it's like you have this essence in you that makes you believe that you have to self-sabotage yourself i don't know if that makes sense but it's really difficult to really pay attention what's telling you to not do that or to do that or to i don't know be patient or not be patient to act to be anxious to do something you know to really like pay attention to that feeling that inner voice and try to try to digest that what you're feeling is so hard it's so hard and that's one thing that i I've, i'm learning when i'm like trying to understand buddhism and other like uh, spiritual practices as well is to literally like sit still let it be and take for what it is do not try to interpret it do not try to give them a name or give them a meaning or whatever just like yeah. exactly just like experience it and, and just let it be you know so that inner voice it's well it's been my struggle to to i think it's everyone's inner yeah, yeah. to, to get rid of that inner voice that makes you create the, your own uh your own traps you know your uh, own fear yeah exactly. it's fear, and the fear just stops things from manifesting because you don't step out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. yeah. you know it's like the first step you don't do it it's like uh when i done the campo i sat down to competitions and, and i became very good and then, then i was in around the world and i'm fighting more championships mm -hmm. and my mind is still saying you're not good at this what are you doing mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm standing on the podiums in the europeans in jiu-jitsu and yeah. i get toward in second place in two competitions in two years in a row and i get belts promotions in a year because of, of, I excelled that much and I'm standing on the podium and 1% in jiu-jitsu get onto that podium. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I'm standing there and my mind is saying, you should have got the gold. You're not good enough. Mm. <laughs> like, that's insane. Yeah. You know, I went to uh, Malaga and I went to... Uh, I met, I met a funny story <laughs> of yeah, loads yeah. of funny stories of loads of funny stories. <laughs> go on, go on. Go on, let's do one. So I, I was in Malaga and yeah. having a, I, was, I was over with friends and I got away from them because they were just heavy energy that day. Yeah. Nothing wrong with them. It was just where I was. Yeah. So I went into town for a meal on my own and I was having a meal and there's these two elderly ladies drinking glasses of wine loud, having fun. So before I know I'm sitting with them and having communication because I'm very open. My yeah, energy yeah, yeah. attracts, I don't know what it is, it's me smile, me dimples. Yeah. But anyway, so they're from Utrecht. Wow. And, uh, yeah, yeah, in Holland, yeah. Mm. And uh, this is this is a synchronicity yeah. of taking things in the moment and just going with it. Yeah. You know, not questioning, not listening to the chantra mind, the monkey mind. Just go with it. So we was there talking and they would they, they had a studio called a uh, Studio 54 and uh, so they gave me an invoice, gave email address, would you like to come to Utrecht on this date? We'll set up seminars and you can teach. And I was in the I was in teacher training to become a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. I was an apprentice at that time. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, got the email and at the same time. My instructor in the campo says to me, uh, 
we're going over to Holland to Utrecht to find the European Championships. <laughs> this is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I says, I'll go for that. He says, you're on the squad anyway with Toig and Jeff. So goes to Utrecht with the squad, goes to the hotel, packed, they're packed, emptying their bags, taking out their kimonos. And yeah. all that. He says, where are you going? He says, I'm going into the village up the road to go and teach. <laughs> and he looked at me and he says, get to what? I says, oh, yeah, well, I'll show you the flyer of the go and teach in village <laughs> yoga. And he says to me, when did this happen? I says, whatever. <laughs> so we went to the village. All right. And this is, this is, is stepping out of the box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, I'm on the bus going up and I'm full of fear. I was, it was a train, it wasn't a bus, to the train station. And mm. The lady and her husband met me. He was a famous florist in that region because of day, but he, and we went to their house. They had a, a barn converted. That's where they have all the things for the village, windmills, the whole lot. So mm. 50, 60 people come. 99% of them don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. And they're, they're bringing me in and on the mic and they're saying, we have this instructor. He's going to be in Thailand, Buddhist monk, mindfulness. And, I have to teach a class to people that I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> so there's a big blonde guy, real muscly guy, and he spoke English. So I was panicking, full of fear. And I just yeah. got back to the breathing. And just and even before I started the class, and I just said a little prayer. And I remember I just called him up, said from me, this is the way it is. You follow Sue. What I do, you do. When I smile, you smile. And let's have fun. <laughs> And I was having so much fun that the class was over before I even realised. People gave me a stand innovation, right? Went for the meal back to the farm, to the house. And they said to me, that was unbelievable, the experience, the energy, the flow. And it was because I wasn't living in the fear. Yeah. I was in the flow of the flow. Mm. Went back to the competition and we won. I got disqualified. Actually, actually got disqualified in the group. What did you do, kid? And this is not ego. This, this is the God on the street. This is the God on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, the team event, it was a three-man team. And yeah. We were in the competition against South Africa. All right. All right. And what happened was uh, it wasn't by uh, weight division. It was by your belt. So we okay. were three brown belts yeah. in the competition. Mm-hmm. And the heavyweight was a bully. Ooh. Yeah, and I was bullied when I was in school. And so I wanted to go out and compete against him in the competition. Mm-hmm. So we did. And he was verbally thrown all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I remember what, what happened was when we started and we touched gloves, we caught him a reverse punch straight into the diaphragm and slid him across the floor. <laughs> Yeah. So he jumped up and really got, lost the plot. You know, really he started screaming, roaring, running over, and all the ref had to stop him. So he started again, and when he started again, when he came in, I stepped to the side and caught him in a reverse back knuckle to the temple and knocked mm-hmm. him clean out. And I remember, you know, when you when when you're in the competition and you knock someone out, you have to turn around and get on your knees. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I'm on my knees and, and, and there's everything's gone real quiet. Everyone's looking at me because I'm looking at the audience around the arena. Mm-hmm. Everyone's standing up and, and my knees are starting to hurt because I'm here about four minutes. Yeah. And, and, I'm a, and I can't look around because it's against, it's a respect thing. Yeah. And then I glance by the corner of me eye and the guy is still lying on the floor. Wow. Right? And I'm like, the fear. Yeah. Doing? And, and here's, here's my teammate. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sorry. And it's not funny, but it was funny. And I'm like, and I'm like sorry, sorry. <laughs> but. Anyway, what happened was, oh, he was on a hitting in the back knuckle and his legs buckled and the weight of yeah, yeah. cracked his head off the ground Ooh. when he went out after being knocked out because his knees, whatever way, I cut the temple. But I remember the fight was over and I went over to his instructor and real sincere and all. He says, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He says, no, you're doing your job. He was just being a prick. Mm. And that was his own instructor. But I went... Came back to Ireland anyway, a champion. And, mm-hmm. and but the thing about it, the synchronicity of stepping out of that box, what we were just yeah. talking about. Sorry, because I can talk, you can you can understand. <laughs> I, I just got boom on the mouth. Go on, Keith, go on. Now back to you. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's one of those universal truths is whenever you give good like whenever you throw good energy and positive mm. vibes to the universe. You're gonna receive nothing but good and positive energies back, you know. So yeah. whenever you're open to new experiences, and that's my own experience. Whenever you're open to new experiences, whenever like just happy to be there and be in the present moment, everything is better, and and everything comes back to you in the same level of energy, you know. Mm-hmm. So whenever you go out by yourself, you're just feeling like talking to someone because you feel talking to someone. It's 100% guaranteed that the other person would just be as open as you are because you're emanating that good, positive energy, you know? But even smiling to someone, you don't exactly. know what's going on for them. They exactly. could be at that point where they could be going to do something crazy to themselves. And that mm. moment, you could be... Because for me, spirituality and God, God walks through people. Yeah, yeah. I believe, you know? And it's back to that unconditional love thing. You know, mm-hmm. if we don't go inwards, we ha- we go with them. Yeah. And for me, like, I'm still, I'm still a walk in progress. I'm still a, 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 an onion peeling the layers away mm-hmm. of the true essence of who I am. And that's going to be for life. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's a lifelong journey that yeah, doesn't and- end until, at, at, right at death. <laughs> until then, you keep peeling those layers. One thing I really wanted, like, caught my ear was the unconditional love. It's so weird how we're all taught that love is conditional and from your birth, your parents, the way they do, how they do things, how they treat you. You're already, like, conditioned to believe that love has to have metrics of this, like, uh, I can't be with somebody just because, you know, uh, they are this kind of person, or I can't love you because, you know, you're different than me, or you're like, you know, you have a different mindset than me. Or if you don't give me something, I don't love you anymore. Or if you don't listen to me, I don't love you. And all those kind of things, they're not actually love. 
it's an emotional payment we're looking for. Mm. It's a you're taking something, right? It's yeah, not on given to get. On given to get. But it's not in like it's not love. It's not how love is. Love is unconditional. You love somebody just because you love them. There's no reason for it. There's no like purpose, I guess. There's no substance. There's no oh you know what you mean. Like mm -hmm. unconditional love is you get unconditional love from a child. Your child. Yeah. That's unconditional. No matter mm -hmm. what. Family, the same kind of thing. You fall in, you fall out with family. You know? And like but so far to break that conditioning has been kind of a challenge because you it's already there, right? Like you're already existing. Like I was thinking about it and there is people that I would stop talking to them. I considered stop talking to them because they couldn't give me what I wanted. But then my emotions said that I do love those, those people. Like, like there is kindness in me for them. So it's like, I'm putting a condition on our relationship. relationship. Yeah, so you're putting an emotional uh, expectations. Mm -hmm. And that actually goes on the negative for me. Because... But that's where it comes back to the suffering of from when we begin, mm -hmm. from when we come out of the womb. The first thing that happens is the cord is cut. We feel suffering straight away. Mm -hmm. Disconnection, abandonment, fear. Yeah. They're the first traits as a human being when we come into this world. We're only being nurtured for nine months in a womb. We're only being fed, housed, mm. and then we're in the world, and then we're going through puberty, being taught different ethics, different mm. tools, and then we become into adulthood. We see things, we're like magpies, what I always say, shiny things, but it's like this, we go through life, have this relationship, I don't like her anymore. We change the relationship. Mm -hmm. It'll be different the next time. I go mm -hmm. into another relationship, I've done it. I, 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 I know what cause and effect is. I know what suffering is. I know what amends is because yeah. we've been through so many different mm -hmm. things in life. Friendships, I fell out with people because they weren't performing to my expectations. Mm -hmm. They weren't given what I was given. But I realized through my meditation through my mindfulness, if I'm not giving the love to myself, because it's myself I can only give it to. Mm. I, I need to be fed the fuel from someone else that hasn't got the capability to give it to me. doesn't matter what human entity. They will not feel the suffering or the feeling in me because it's in me. Yeah. And that's where we need to look at internal of who am I. How do I look at myself? How do I perceive myself? How do I treat me? Because I know if I treat me good, I can treat everything externally good, whatever way I see it, if it's yeah. good or bad. Yeah. That, yeah? Sorry, I have a culture there. Did I have a culture? No, 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 it's beautiful. But it, that's exactly what I was trying to reach for. It's that love should come from within you for yourself. It shouldn't come from somebody else. Nobody can make you happy as they say, except yourself, because 
if you can sit, as you said early on, by yourself in a room and entertain yourself, like with nothing, no book, nothing, just you and your mind, then there is some work to be done there. There is some things to unsettle. There's a knot in your stomach that needs to be broken, I guess. And that absolutely is like thing. The other thing that I think like brings this conversation is that now I've heard from a few people that, oh, I can't do this because I'm not like ready yet. Um, I can't do that because I can't, like I don't feel safe yet. Or like I have, like I can't put myself out there, for example, because I'm not healed and, or I'm not like ready mentally or emotionally, those kind of things. But and that's I, where, come on, yeah, come on. I, and in my point of view is that you can't do that yourself because you need the experience while you're healing in the same time. I'm curious, what do you, how do you see this? Well, when, we, when you were talking there, it was just uh, the majority of people that tell you you can't do things are the ones that haven't done the thing they're talking about. <laughs> mm. When someone's giving you the information, I don't think that's good for you. Yeah. I don't think you should do that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the reality is most people haven't done most of the things that they tell you to do. Yeah. When I need the information and stuff like that, I usually run away people that have already had their experience mm. of that situation. But when it comes to self-growth, trial and error, if I don't try, if I try it and fail, at least I know I failed at trying. Yeah, yeah. And but one, like um, in my head, not my head, but like I see people who put like a time for them before they start something. So, example, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody would say, "Oh, I can't do jujitsu, for example, because I'm not fit. I'm not that. I'm not ready. I can't be, for example." go out and meet other people because I am not confident. I'm not this, I'm not that. They put limitations on themselves. Yeah. And, and they want to like, they want to reach a level of like, uh, they are good. Basically they are ready, but you're never ready. That's, that's one of the things that kind of confused me a little bit. What like on one point you're like, you need a bit of confidence to do something, right? Yes, you need to build yourself up a little but bit the, or something. But the thing in in Buddhism it says that action is a cause and effect. Yeah. If there's no action, there's no effect. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the outcome of the effect is. There has to be an action. There has to be a dream, an action, and a reaction. You know, you have to dream some. You have to put a, a plan into place, and you have to execute it as best you can. Get the information and know what way and direction you're going to go, mm. you know. And in life, in situations, I still fall short. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. I, should, I should have had my studio. I should have been in a martial arts studio already. But I haven't. And you know why? My time wasn't that time yet. Yeah. And I am at that time now where I know if an opportunity came now, I, 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 in a happy, I'll be doing it now. But mm. what I'm doing until then... I'm sharpening the tools. I'm putting the template together. Yeah. 
on a moil in the tank. So when I put it together and when the time comes, the engine is ready just to take over. And yeah. that's being a spiritual maintenance thing. Yeah. If it's not physical, it has to be a spiritual. Because yeah. the spiritual will always carry the physical. Depression. People that are stuck in depression, anxiety, when they sit still and breathe, the spiritual connection keeps them grounded that they don't go into the fear aspect of yeah. the phobia or whatever's going on. And I know that myself. Yeah. When stuff is going on, if I'm not breathing, I'm coming from a diaphragm level, I'm panic. Because what happens when you jump into cold water or cold water? <gasps> I breathe yeah. from the chest. Yeah, panic breath. You know, when someone scares you, <gasps> you react. Yeah, you know? or when I have kids on top of my chest and <laughs> crushing me and I'm like <gasps> <laughs> that goes both ways that goes both ways and let me give it to that goes both ways yeah, yeah. there's no certainty in jiu-jitsu no, no yeah there's a reality that the certain things that's gonna happen there's no reality in what way it's gonna happen and that's well, what I love about it it's a paradox yeah speaking of like martial arts it's something that really uh uh makes me think about is like when you're whenever you have your um spiritual prats but you're also practicing a martial martial arts you start developing a completely different approach to that art that you didn't have before right mm -hmm. and that's yeah. really that's for me is that really interesting how things are connected and like if you have like a older approach to it makes no sense like that yeah, how can you be a really yogi spiritual person and at this, like the same moment you're smashing people left and right. It doesn't make any sense, right? But whenever you are in that reality, it makes all the sense. And it's it's bizarre, that connection. And But if you look back yeah. at uh, most samurais back in the Ming Dynasty, they yeah. were gardeners, they were carpenters, they were fishermen. Yeah. Mm. They were landscapers. They were teachers. Yeah. They were soft. Some of them were florists. Like I've been a florist. Mm. I've, I've done a lot of different jobs in the years and martial yeah. arts I just what it brings is spiritual connection a community I go in and, and I look like people I've a lot of friends in the martial arts world mm -hmm. externally they've they've helped me more than I've helped them you know they, they polish my spirit I love going in and teaching and being able to show people different tweaks that I'm on the same through my psyche from my awareness, you know, and, and that's all I want to do is just help people. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to hamper people. I want to nurture. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you help them smashing them, right? <laughs> no, no, he's just. <laughs> hey, it's actually, but it's true. When you're yeah. not panicking, as you said, Keith, I've always seen myself play on because it's not as stable for me yet, yeah, that feeling of like being calm under pressure. Yeah. But when I am in that zone where the, the, the pressure on me and I'm relaxed, I do way better than if I'm panicking and I'm pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and just like trying to force the issue, as they say. So but that's, you're, you're a certain too much energy when you're doing that. Your body mm -hmm. is in fight and flight mode. It's not getting oxygenated blood. Yeah. So the force reaction for it is the brain is saying, get me out of here. And the body is saying, I'm gone. So there's two things happening. 
you mm. know, you're, you're, you're in the middle of being suffocated while you know you're being suffocated, not being able. And sometimes all you have to do is breathe. Because the worst case scenario is you can tap. And, and in the early days of martial arts, I didn't see that concept. Mm. I was ego-driven. Yep. Mm. You know, I'm strong, I'll get out of this. You're not going to get me. I'll get you first. And it's not that. It's not about that. It's about the community for me. And you know, brother, it's about, oh. you know, it, it's the communication. It's the sitting down. It's it's the embroidery. You know, it's the brotherhood, sisterhood, whatever. And, and some days I've gone into martial arts when my son died. The day he mm. died, I went training. Mm. And the, my my class and my friends and they just nudged me. Same with relationships when George is the same thing with being mm. in the club and just get in and roll. And, and for that hour, I forget about life on life's terms. And I'm yeah. stuck. Same on the yoga man. I got on my yoga man. I don't want to do it today. And But I know it's going to benefit me. And I know my spirit is going to be much more polished. And that's one big thing about yoga and martial arts as well, is to get comfortable with uncomfortable situations. Course, to yeah. learn how to breathe, how to be calm, how to literally like calm down and let it be. And but you know what? That's going to teach you in life when things come against you because life is yeah. going to change life on life's terms. You're going to react and act in a different way. And I've learned that. I don't react the way I used to react 10 years ago. Yeah. Things, not, yeah. things just wash on me now. People just, you know, I more or less look at them and I oh, bless. Yeah, have a nice day. The opposite of the reaction they're probably looking for. Yeah. You know, you know, or I can go in that moment and own my part even if I'm not wrong but I own a part in it okay my part I'm sorry you know yeah. and, and that's that's humility and that's 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 what life is about being treated the way you treat others isn't it yeah 100% 100% and I find really interesting how we are how we are taught to get away from this universal truth you know since you have our first trauma which is the birth Till like this exactly moment, we have just learned how to not be a really patient, calm, lovable, lovable person, you know. And it, I don't know, this is because like how our society developed or how um, power works. I, I, I'm not sure, but it's for me, it's really frustrating to see that um, our current society, society is always trying to to get away from this inner truth, you know what I mean? To be calm still and and be a like a positive and good person, you know? It's always, it seems to me like whenever you praise yourself, watch news or whenever like you get in touch with any kind of media, we just have like negative, negative things around you. Whenever you look outside, it's beautiful. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Whenever you speak to your neighbor, it's a beautiful word out there. Mm -hmm. but, well, society, yeah. well, but just saying like society, government, everything makes us be scared and make us be afraid to be with ourselves. They don't want us liberated. Yeah. They don't want mm -hmm. us thinking outside the box. Yeah. Because then that we it, the, slowly taking away our choices of what a human being is and what way we are, where we fit in the world. Yep. We, in the world today, where we fit, social media, 
That's where mm. we fit. Yep. Compression, okay. control, restriction, mm -hmm. isolation. Yeah. Labelization, because we're being labeled. Oh yes. You can't come out of this zone. You have to stay in this hub. You have to be in this bubble. We're like cattle being stamped for future generations, because it's going to get worse. I think it's 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 a template that the you they're using the human entity now as a template for where they're going. Like cattle in a, on, on a ranch, stamp them, herd them, put them in a different plot. And that's the way the world is being, where being ostracized in different aspects, where it's it's not black and white anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not gender, it's like rich and poor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like all these uh, narratives that are talking about this strain from Brazil. Now, no one from Brazil can come to Europe. Mm -hmm. So that stops that population of the world from interacting and overfeeding off the other population. Yeah. China is the same. So it's like we're being colonized again. Yeah. That, that's my perception of it. It's all man-made. It's man-controlled. Uh, and we're in, a, we're in a reality where a lot more people are looking into Zoom, into different platforms of communicating how they are in the group setting, which is important because before, in caveman times, we had communities. We were in groups. We yeah, we slept, we fed, we nurtured each other in groups. And over time, over millenniums, the group sentence has expanded externally and we've become individuals going in this direction, that direction. Uh, and now because of the pandemic, we're all back into our community aspect, which yeah. is a positive. It is, yeah. Well, the governments, they have all the power. The people have no voice now. And social media and all the other platforms, they control what's being said. They control the networks. They control the papers. So what they're feeding is propaganda to suit their needs and wants, not the people. Yep. You know? that's uh, And we have to adapt. And the way we adapt is we go and walk in on ourselves so we can look at ourselves, so we can be able to be comfortable in ourselves. Well, whatever is externally happening, what we were just talking about, looking for love from other things around us. We need yep. to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I think for us, like me, Gustavo, pretty sure as well, you, Keith, this pandemic was very important because it's like, for me, it reset me completely. It like reset my mind. It reset my emotions. I went into like a mode where I completely cleared out the house. yeah cleared house inside and outside yeah and then you take off from there you go off to something completely different and it has been amazing for me to do this well, that's like, amazing to hear and the lawyer and 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 the thing of trying uh, again when we transform the caterpillar the butterfly the caterpillar the butterfly or you always use the metaphors Metaphors. Me me metaphors, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I said the metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the metaphors. <laughs> That's good. And I never want to have <laughs> But uh, that concept, I think it's helped a lot of people to look at really yeah. what they have. It's not about the financial and the, it's like everyone has the same problem. We're all isolated stuck in a 
a bubble at the moment. And like think about it, right? A family man goes to work ten hours a day, Monday to Friday. The weekend spends it with the friends and he's out socializing. Comes home on a Monday, sees his children, four kids, probably for one hour at the table having dinner. They go to bed for school the next day, doesn't see them, right? The mm. epidemic happens. Yes. Family man is at home 10 hours a day, four mm. kids running around, wife, <laughs> no, no friends. No socialising. How do you deal with that? That family man has a million pounds in the bank, has a mm. great job, but can't go and do it. Mm. Joe Block has nothing. Mm. Goes to meditation and yoga classes the past 10 years. Functions in work, comes home, eats healthy as best he can, trains, goes and sees friends, goes in clubs, goes different things, you know. Pandemic happens. Stuck at home, able to step out of the family room for an hour, grabs his mat, does a bit of mindfulness, a bit of meditation, brings another mat, has the kids interacting, is able to communicate and play and be present. Yeah. Big difference. Big difference. Big and difference. it annoys the shit out of me. And that's something that I'm working myself right now is these people complain about their kids. I'm like, how can you, how dare you? How dare you complain that you have, you have to leave your kids? That's crazy. It's like, that should be the normal, but in the first place, right? So yeah, this inner practice, like to live the real life, it's something that a lot of people are missing through this pandemic. Even though like the quarantine is forcing us to literally try to create these, uh, this space in yourself, but is as I said, I it's, think, it's I difficult to it, not judge people in this moment. <laughs> but it's good. I, I think it's good for families, yeah, to connect and reconnect back. Absolutely, what and that's and when and the kids will have a chance in the future because they have no schooling at the moment. You know, uh, my partner, her grand, her mom is teaching the grandchildren online she's a school teacher teaching mm -hmm. French and English and all, which is amazing you know so yes. it's just, and, and like and that's the thing like the kids are going to suffer at the end of this because they're not used to being stuck in and then they're on social media and then they're on gaming platforms and it's all controlled again my son is the victim to that he's just yeah. gaming and watching Netflix and he's it suits him he's 24 yeah he's a man who am I to tell him what to do yeah. Like we tell him, go running, do yoga, do this. But who am I to tell him? It's like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm dictating. I've no right to dictate him. I yeah. suggest things to him, you know? Yeah. That, I, I believe that's the true, truly the honest way to teach someone. It's to give them your tips, your guidance, but it's completely up to them to learn your lessons, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, and the thing about it is it's like, if we keep on doing what I'm doing, other people are going to benefit and ask to help. Yeah. Uh, and like, even with my brother there, Ahmed, when I go home now, we'll be training in jiu-jitsu with him and, mm -hmm. yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's just trying to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Kate, like, I don't know how much you know about like, um, 
uh, the Brazilian Indian tribes, the Amazon tribes. The ayahuasca? Yes. No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> one thing is um, what I want to ask you is a lot of like different, um, I wouldn't say religious, but different uh, spiritual practices involve psychedelics, right? Yeah. Um and like this it's it can be debatable, but it's it's being really proved that psychedelics can be used as a tool to bring spirituality in your life. Mm-hmm. Um I know like the Buddhism, other religions, they preach they pretty much say that you have to create this within you without use of any substance. Um but how do you how do you do you see like other uh, spiritual practices that use psychedelics to reach that same kind of uh, state that you can read through meditation and have the same lessons that you can have living in a monastery for long time. But everyone's journey is their own. Like, yeah. oh, you will do, oh, like, my, oh, you have an intention to go and do oh, mm-hmm. for my own spiritual maintenance. Mm-hmm. So, so, the sub what's going on that I can't see in meditation, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I will do that down the line. Mm-hmm. And I have friends who have done it, and I have friends that don't do it. And they walk different spiritual paths yeah. onto their own. You know, I, I think by dictating the people, it's a doctrine. You should yeah. do this, you should. Well, free spirits. You know, all we're here, we're only here to give information and guidance. Not dictate and control. That's we have enough of that in our lives, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's actually one of the things that I really drove me away from Islam was this dictation thing. Like, you have to do this. You have to do that. This is forbidden. This is forbidden. Like, it, the dictation is, especially because it's very tied to the culture back home. So, even like some people would confuse the culture with their religion and everything gets just completely fucked in the middle and you're lost. You don't know what the fuck to do. And you have to talk to the priest, of course, because he's the one who knows everything. <laughs> it's the same way in Christianity growing yeah. up. If you're wanking, God can see it. If oh, you're doing, yes. You know what I mean? So when you're doing that kind of stuff, you're thinking, shit, I'm, I'm being watched 24-7. You know, you know uh, and it's p- other people's manipulation of spiritual principles. Mm-hmm. And you know, like uh, we believe it, it, it's a choice. It's a choice for everyone in every area of whatever you do. You know, uh, and respect people's values of what they want to do, beliefs. Mm-hmm. You know, we all bleed the same. Yeah, yeah. You just give it another name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, I'm intrigued. I, I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts on different things on the ayahuasca and I'm intrigued, you know, because I know th- from my own beliefs, I believe there's different dimensions. It's not, this is not it. We're not just coming here no, and we're... Absolutely. Like, no, you know, uh, people are deluded if they think it's just a one-stop shop. I believe yeah. that we transcend into another life reincarnation and we constantly come back and evolve and there's different planes, you know, and different entities has been around us, you know, and I believe that kind of stuff, you know. I know I've been guided. People have seen people with me that watch over me. Mm-hmm. And I feel them and I know that they're in 
And that's my belief. How am I to say to someone else, that's bollocks. <laughs> exactly. Um, we, are, we are locked inside this chimp body with tons of limitations and try to limit the world of, around us, the universe, by our own limitations. It's just crazy. It's, just, I, I, it's like it's being at least selfish, you know? We cannot see different spectrum of lights. We cannot feel like vibrations. We cannot do anything. We just have we like, can't, yeah. We we can't see gravity, but yeah, it keeps us on the ground. Exactly. So how exactly. can you like affirm that is there is nothing else over there? Your reality is just this. It's just it's being really selfish, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But sorry, man, go on. Go on. <laughs> I'm ranting a little bit, you know. But yeah, what is that about? Like, uh, you are no one to judge anyone's actions, and you're a pro. No, well, no I didn't. Say, yeah, well, you still judge people. No, still, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, you're human, man. Come on, yeah, man. No, I mean, like, man. you weren't. That's. He didn't even tell you that. <laughs> Sometimes she tells me I'm a, I'm a, I'm a C-U-T. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I can't get it right all the time. Yeah, no, yes. But I mean, like, in the idea, where we want to get is the point that we are not no one to judge anyone, right? <laughs> we're this, like, really, um, we're completely disattached with the ego, with the, the selfishness, with your narcissism and everything. You want to be in that place where you're truly like experience your life and you experience the world and the others, the animals, nature, and everything, right? Well, yeah, um, that's uh, and do you know what that's called? Yeah. The eight noble truths. Mm -hmm. And by walking them principles uh, in the Buddhist belief, you mm -hmm. get to Nevada. And Nevada is enlightenment. Yeah. And what, what they say about Nevada is coming to the state of where you just see the world as there is yeah nature human beings good and bad mm. there's no attachment there's no hatred there's no ridicule there's no malice there's no stealing and it's just it's a good you know like the cliche the ten commandments yeah you know thou shall not kill thou shall not steal all them in buddhism they give you like eight principles you know correct view how you see things yeah how you perceive things you know and yeah. it i have to i have to write down here as as point is that i'm not looking away and getting all the info here <laughs> it's not coming out of i'm looking at a wanker wheel <laughs> we love munchies come on <laughs> munchies are the best <laughs> But yeah, it's just trying to be a better human being, isn't it? Especially yeah. kind of on a daily basis. Yeah. And that's where the karma aspect of recovery and life becomes, you know, how you are in the day, you know, how you treat others. So you don't have to go back with suffering, you know? That is beautiful. And on that note, we're going to have to end this episode. I'll give you a good one. Damn. On that note, put a fog in me, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well uh keith it's been a pleasure um thanks so much to, for joining us tonight um you're welcome you're such, enjoy like that. yeah you're such like a easygoing person really was a really nice talk um thank you again so i don't know whether you have any projects on the internet you have any not at the moment 
Okay. I'm actually just, I'm going to start opening, uh, doing a Zoom yoga teaching. Oh, just great. teaching classes, yeah, and I'm going to put it out there and just give it to people and if they want to join in at times in the morning, the Perfect. evening, just to start getting things going because I have the tools and I'm just not giving them at the moment. I'm just practicing and I'm nurturing myself, which is okay, but yeah. it's about transcending that out there because a lot of people need help. Yeah, yes. So please well, let us know once you start doing it. Then oh, we'll do on it. The brother there, and he can oh, pass the details. All right. Um, yeah, people, let's just learn with the man, right? Yeah, man. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Let's learn with each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just joking. Um, thank you again. Uh, it's you. been a pleasure, and hopefully you're going to reach out to you another day as well, right? Yeah, okay. Have a good evening, brothers. You too. See you soon. All right. Bro. God bless. Thanks. God bless.